everyone needs to be involved and anyone can be involved. Hi folks, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we feature the incredible women and men from across Canada and around the world who are making sacrifices of their time, energy, and finances to protect preborn children, to support families, and to transform our culture. Before I dive into today's episode, as it is Remembrance Day, November 11th, time of posting, I'd like to first acknowledge the incredible men and women from this country and countless other countries who have and continue to not only lay down their lives, but also make incredible sacrifices for the freedom that we now enjoy here in Canada and so many countries around the world enjoy. I can't speak highly enough of our wonderful veterans and those who are currently enrolled in the Navy and the Air Force and the Army and all other services that defend our freedom in Canada and around the world who support and defend those who are being persecuted and who are victims of violence and injustice. Huge shout out to all of them. I know that Canada is not the country that you would wish it to be um, for many reasons. And I know that the pro-life issue um, certainly weighs heavily on the hearts of many who defend Canada. I hope that while you are making um, the world a better place, both domestically and abroad, we in the pro-life movement can be making this nation and the nations around the world better places on social causes as well. With that said, I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, who is a, a great contact of ours, Pilar, who has been a part of the live action online ambassador team. Pilar, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And so the first thing that we like to do is, is before we dive into all the pro-life stuff, all the incredible stuff that you're doing through online outreach, I'd love to just learn a little bit more about yourself and, and what makes you tick, I guess. Okay, um, my name is Pilar and I live in Southern Alberta. I am the mom to four of my favorite kids in the world. <laughs> and I'm married to my very best friend and the most amazing man, um, Luke Collin. Um, I'm a homeschooling mom. So we homeschool our kids and we have two Great Danes that we raise and breed. Um, so that's also really fun and takes up some of my time too. <laughs> Um, I'm a Christian, which is foremost my my value system um, and just love the Lord a lot and try to do what he asked me to do. <laughs> and yeah, just live daily for his glory and whatever that entails. I can absolutely corroborate your your thoughts on your wonderful kids, your wonderful husband, and your lovely dogs. I had the pleasure of staying with you this summer when um, the team from CCBR came down and visited for a little bit. Um, and so that was wonderful, wonderful. And that's how we kind of segue into the conversation about abortion. I, I'm curious as to, for somebody who um, has this kind of perspective that, that I'm sure abortion hopefully isn't rampant in southeastern Alberta sort of thing. I, I hope this isn't a massive issue necessarily in your own hometown. And so what was it about the, the abortion issue? What Tell us a little bit about your journey towards doing pro-life outreach um, in person and online, I guess. For sure. It's kind of been a long step-by-step -step journey for me. Um, I've always been pro-life, as in I valued life. I knew that life began at conception and um, all of that, but I didn't really understand what abortion was <laughs> until high school. 
And in high school, my family and I did a cooperative. So I was homeschooled and a cooperative is just when a bunch of other high school students get together and we do a course together. Um, so we did an understanding the times course and we basically tackled all of the major issues of our time currently. Um, and one of them was abortion. And I remember just being hit so hard by the reality of what this was. Um, the reality that children were being murdered in the womb. And um, I listened to a speaker, Stephanie Gray, who just opened up what that was. We did a lot of study on it. Um, and then I chose to write my end research paper on abortion because it just hit me really hard. And I felt like it was something that needed I needed to understand more. So I read a lot of stories, um, a lot of testimonies that were really hard about the pro-life. Um, actually, it was more just about women who had abortions and regretted them and why they regretted them. Um, so that was my first like wading into it. And after doing that, I had pretty much decided I was going to be uh, some kind of crisis pregnancy counselor or something like that, um, which didn't end up happening. <laughs> but um, just really felt like that was something I was passionate about. If there was one thing that if you asked me, what's something you'd want to change in your in your lifetime, it was abortion. I wanted it to end. <laughs> um, but then it just kind of went by the wayside. A lot of life happened. I was sick for a while and um, couldn't pursue a lot of my dreams. And then I met my dream. <laughs> and he was an amazing man. And um, my life just kind of took a different course. And even in that, though, um, Luke's life was another driving force to why I became even more pro-life. <laughs> um, he technically shouldn't be here. Um, his parents had had the surgery to not be able to have children anymore, and then had a reversal. And Luke was like miraculously conceived right after that. Um, didn't expect it. So the reality that I shouldn't have a husband <laughs> um, hit me really hard in just realizing again that there's a lot of missing people in this world. Um, and just, I think that was again, another wake up call to the problem that we're facing. Um, so that was the first, again, reawakening to, I want to see this end. I want to see um, better options out there for women. Um, so then a few years, or not even a few years, it was just a year after Luke and I were married, we had our first child. And this was a new wave of what the pro-life movement meant to me. Um, before I was pregnant with Liam, I did not understand how any woman could ever under, ever even consider murdering their child. And when I was pregnant, the hormones and the fears and the everything, and I was in a very um, protected place. I had a safe spot and I still felt those fears and um, like what's happening to my body and all of those things. And so I started to get an empathy for the women that were walking through um, those really hard circumstances, those things that we just, um, it's really easy to label as like, oh, like she's just facing financial difficulties. But do you really understand what that means when you're thinking about bringing a child into the world? And so I gained an empathy for them, but still a desire to see them um, have a different option. And so 
when I had Liam, it really, really hit me that I wanted all women who were pregnant to be able to experience that incredible wash of love um, and protectiveness and the realization of what the nine months of (laughs) turmoil and um, beauty that is forming, but just actually realizing it instead of it being cut short. So that was, again, just another calling on my heart. And then I had um, three kids in this span of time after Liam that it just rehappened every time I had another child. Um, So that was that part. And then in 2019, um, I was on Instagram and Lila Rose posted that they had been banned on Pinterest. And basically my first response was, well, I'm deleting my Pinterest account. (laughs) And that's just, that's the way it's going to be because I don't like the censorship. I don't like what this stands for, but there was a call to action instead of just deleting your Pinterest account to basically, if you were an individual with a Pinterest account to pin all of Lila Rose and um, the Susan Anthony B list, um, so that was something we could do because then their content got out to people, even though they had been banned. Um, so I started doing that. And then I was like, you know what? I could do this on Instagram and I could do this on Facebook. <laughs> and the idea being they can't ban all of us and truth needs to get out and truth needs to get to people who aren't necessarily looking for it. And my friends, some of them were pro-life, some of them were not. Um a lot of, there was quite a few who I didn't realize weren't pro-life. <laughs> and that was another wake-up call. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I just started adding it. I figured that I've battled a lot with whether I wanted to keep social media or not. And every time I've gone to delete it because I was done with it, <laughs> God has just put a purpose there of something that this is something I can do. Um, being a mom with four kids, I would really love to be on the street corners or... Um, being a crisis pregnancy um, counselor or something like that. But at this phase of life, (laughs) I can't be. So this is something I can do. And instead of making excuses of multiple different reasons why I can't be involved, I just found it really cool that I could be creative and create something um, that I could do. And then... Yeah, then I found the live action ambassador group. And I think that they had formed it maybe a little bit before I got involved. Um, And that was just basically a group of people doing what I was doing. (laughs) And so I wasn't sure. I feel like I always am very tentative when I join things like that, where I'm like, well, I'm not actually very qualified or (laughs) um, anything like that. But if you want me, this is what I'll do. (laughs) So... Yeah, that's kind of where that started. Um, And I joined them for more of a support system. Um, They didn't really have a lot of things that you had to do, but there was the odd thing that would pop up. They'd be like, oh, can you do this or can you do that? And so it's been a journey that's been really fun. But um, yeah. Laura, there's there's a couple things that I I really love that you mentioned in that that response of of your journey because I think that a lot of people don't necessarily consider how their kind of season of life can be used as an advantage and not simply something to 
think of as a disadvantage. I've, I've spoken with many intern alumni or volunteers who have moved, who have kind of bemoaned the fact that they're no longer able to engage in outdoor activism or group activism or something without looking at the opportunity of doing online out activism. And so I love how you mentioned that. And one thing that I'm curious about, kind of as we pivot into what this um, pro-life outreach has looked like online, especially as being part of Live Action's online ambassador team, you mentioned how rooted and, and how driven you are by the empathy of actually being able to understand where a lot of mothers are at least coming from, obviously not understanding the decision that they make, but where they're coming yeah. from with that fear, with being overwhelmed. and. I'm curious about how that translates into online engagement, because I feel like Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook even aren't necessarily known as um, bastions of empathy and, and um, connectivity. And so I'm curious if you can share a little bit about how you've been able to um, kind of communicate that empathy, that, that truth with empathy online and, and what that's looked like within Live Action's um, pro-life ambassador team. Right. Um, a lot of the ambassador team is kind of just like getting us online, getting us active, um, giving us resources to talk to people, giving us a place that we can bring questions and um, get them answered kind of thing. Um, so that kind of just, it's sort of what you make it online and then they support you with that. Um, obviously there's guidelines in what you do and don't do. Um, but a lot of it has looked like um, for me personally, I don't share just anything. I very much call what I share. And I also have found, and this is unique to me, I don't feel like a lot of online people do this. And I understand why um, there's a broader spectrum that a lot of people try to reach. But for me personally, I do a lot of stories on Instagram. Um, I do post a lot of stuff to Facebook. Um, for people to read articles that I found interesting. But on Instagram stories, I've found just really like funnel it to a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation, which at this stage of life, again, is what I can handle. <laughs> I don't do super, super well with like joining the forums and getting in there. I've tried a couple of times, but um, yep. And when you're dealing with crying kids, it, your mind can't really be pulled off to that side. So I do a lot of um, direct messaging. Um, and so in that, I feel like I can can talk to a person on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And I found that I can be a lot more intentional with my words. And um, it is still a really tough topic. And I've had friends reach out to me that have been in crisis pregnancy situations um, who maybe don't find my response very loving um, because I'm sharing truth. But just because it's in that forum, I've found that I've been able to explain where I'm coming from, like um, the fact that I don't think it's right to put a woman in a situation um, where her only choice is abortion when there are so many better choices. <laughs> and I, so I feel like that's part of it. The other one would just be, I've been able to get involved with multiple other um, organizations, um, Choice for Two is one of them, and Let Them Live, and just partnering financially and sharing as much as I can when there's a woman that really needs help um, in a practical way that anybody could help them. Um, you don't have to be pro-life to want to help women who are in situations that are out of their control. <laughs> 
Um, but I find that a lot of times pro-life is the reason people do want to help those women. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've, that's part of it. Um, I don't know if that fully answered the question. <laughs> I think that's phenomenal, and and this is something that we've we actually addressed earlier this week um, with your sister um, Quana and and our colleague Blaze about some tools for how to have some online engagement. And so I think you you hit the nail on the head of of being able to engage people with truth, but especially through direct messages, being able to be a little bit more personable in your responses and not just throwing stuff out there for the masses and hoping that it it connects with people. It, it's difficult to be able to cultivate some degree of rapport with somebody while you're posting randomly on a, on a discussion board or something like that. So I think that's a, a yeah. great theme. And, and I'm curious from that then, um, from these different messages, as you mentioned with, with stories, I'm, I'm guessing that many of the people who you've interacted with are people that you actually know in some degree. And I'm wondering if you have any memorable kind of encounters or exchanges with people that, that you'd be willing to share with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, some of them have not been as encouraging, um, and yet they still are because I tell myself having the conversation is just as important as whether we change their mind or not. <laughs> so um, I had a lot of conversations with people that I grew up with that in my mind I would have characterized as, oh, they have to be pro-life. Um, and just getting really awakened to the fact that no, no, for the most part, most of the people that follow you probably aren't pro-life. <laughs> um, so when I started posting right off the bat, two girls that I had grown up with started messaging back and forth with me, basically saying that what I was posting was wrong and basically pro-life is wrong and women need to have a choice and everything else. And thankfully, I feel like it stayed very respectful um, because they know me that has added a degree of that and the fact that there is a personality um, or a personable rela relationship. Um, so the first two conversations I had, I remember being very discouraged by, <laughs> but at the same time, very excited that I was awakened to the fact that this needed to be there. And so it kept driving me to keep posting, even though they didn't agree with what I was posting. But they've stayed following me, which I think is also a testimony to the fact that we do have a connection and even though we disagree, we can respectfully disagree and keep going. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then I've had multiple, multiple people who were pro-life, but did not know how to be pro-life maybe, if that's a good way of saying it. Um, that when I started posting things about like choice for two and let them live and um, different things like that, they not only started donating, but then I started to randomly see these people posting about let them live or posting about choice for two. And when I would contact them and be like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, I just love this, um, this charity and what they're doing. And they're like, yeah, well, it's because of you that I started posting these things. And it's just very humbling because in a lot of ways, what I do doesn't always have this like huge reaction. A lot of times it goes under the wayside. And so um, seeing that was really cool. Um, I've also <laughs> kind of become known as the pro-life friend, <laughs> which um, just people will send me so many things about pro the pro-life movement, which is great because I feel like it gives me more things to share. <laughs> and then also just, um, I have lots of people that will ask me questions and be like, okay, so I had this conversation the other day and 
I just want to know what you think about it because you're the person that I like know is pro-life a hundred percent. So tell me what you think. And I want to know your opinion. And that was really humbling again in the fact that I'm like, I'm just this mom sharing these posts that I really believe in. And yet it's opened up this wide spectrum of people um, that just feel like they can ask me those questions. And it is in a format, like I said, with direct messaging, a lot of times I feel like on social media, people who would respond don't because they're afraid of what everyone else is going to see and think, um, which I think is, I want to get past that. Like that's my hope is to see us get past that in the pro-life movement um, because I've also become very aware of the other side where like the pro-choice movement, they're not in any way afraid to say what they believe. Um, whereas I feel like a lot of pro-lifers are intimidated and don't want to say anything and feel like they need to be silent. Um, so yeah, it's been cool because people who I don't think would have responded to me in an open forum have felt safe to contact me and respond to me and say like, this is what I'm going through or this is something um, that I really need help on. Um, and then the other aspect, which I just am so thankful to God for, I don't think it's anything I could claim, but just other pro-lifers who maybe weren't fully pro-life, but they definitely believed that babies shouldn't be murdered. <laughs> but they always thought there was another, um, there's a situation that may justify it. Um, the longer I've been posting, have told, actually have, they haven't even always told me, but they've told my family because they're friends of my family, that basically because of what I was posting, they've become fully pro-life. They've become to the point that they would defend their pro-life beliefs. Um, and I just, I feel like that is totally not me. That's all God. Um, but I'm so grateful that he chose to use that avenue um, and he used what I was doing. And it's all of those things that just keep me coming back, keep me posting every day to share the truth and to encourage people and inspire people if I can in any way, because it just, everyone needs to be involved and anyone can be involved. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and again, I'm so glad that you break it down that way, that this isn't just about being a, a bull in the china shop and taking on as many trolls as you can. That's not the only purpose of online outreach. Like you said, it so much of it can be edifying pro-lifers to, to help them know that they're not the only one in their friend group yeah. to help them through conversation. And, and I'm sure that, that you would agree that it's not even about having all of the answers. I'm sure that when people come to you and say, no. oh, you're so great, what would you say in this area? It's not necessarily like, here's my textbook answer, but rather like, oh, well, let's talk about this. Here's what I've thought of. What have you shared before? And and kind of a collaborative effort. And so exactly. this can be a forum of discussion and not simply needing to be a reference manual for everybody, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's so true because I feel like sometimes I don't even have the answers and I'm just going to another person that I respect and being like, okay, what is the answer to this? <laughs> For sure, for sure. And so with that then, and, and as you kind of wrapped up there about that this is something that everybody can do, I'm sure that many of the people who are tuning into this episode, whether on YouTube, whether on their favorite podcast catcher, there's going to be a varying degree of comfort when it comes to social media in general, let alone social media engagement. I, I know that for myself, I've, I've had a hard time. I'm motivating myself to get active on social media because this is a realm that I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with. And so I'm wondering 
what kind of words of, of encouragement or empowerment would you offer kind of in conclusion here for those who may not necessarily be active at this time, or maybe they are, I know this is two very different questions actually, as I'm saying it, but for those who are not active on social media at all and how they can become active in the realm of pro-life outreach, but also for those, many of the people I know are very active on social media, whether through their business, whether through um, other areas, their quasi-influencers, I'm sure you could say, and, <laughs> and maybe they're concerned about how talking about abortion might negatively impact the influence that they have on people. What kind of words of empowerment would you offer to them? Um, that's a really good, really good question. I think, so to answer the first question, I would tell you, start small. Um, any social media accounts you have don't go, I wouldn't say go, don't go joining a bunch of different social media accounts that you're unfamiliar with. Um, I definitely know that in my own life, I'm not on Twitter. I've never been on Twitter. <laughs> um, so I didn't join Twitter because I just felt like it was out of my sphere. I didn't know anybody on Twitter. So for me, it was just, I started by basically going on to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest and following every single pro-life group I could. And anytime a pro-life option would pop up, I would follow them um, because there are so many resources um, that are already being put out by pro-life groups specifically um, to reach people that are really well-made artistic captions, pictures, etc., cetera, um, or like live action, really good articles that are already written up. And so I just followed every single one I could. And then basically I share them because they're already there. They're already linked with information um, and they're really punchy. Like they have a really good um, caption or picture or whatever that's already there. Um, so I don't need to know everything. And by sharing them, you basically open up the algorithm for people who don't see it because they're not looking for it. They don't want to see it. <laughs> um, so those pro-life groups, just by sharing their pictures, now get a huge stream of people. So it's really easy. You will probably get backlash. So I would say to answer your last question, um, kind of do some soul searching and just really be okay with getting backlash. <laughs> um, I follow influencers that I really respect who were influencers before they became public with their pro-life views. And they basically had to come to a place where it was like, well, if I lose followers, if I lose, um, traction if Instagram bans me, that's fine because this is important enough that I'm going to share it. Um, so yeah, do some soul searching and actually be okay with that because it probably will happen. Um, but I would say that it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. I have lost friends over this. I've had people stop following me, which to me, I'm not on Instagram as an influencer. I'm on Instagram as me. And so it doesn't really matter if you stop following me. I kind of wish you wouldn't because I like having the discussion. I like having both sides and hearing what you have to say. Um, but at the same time, if you do, I'm not going to be heartbroken over it. <laughs> and then, yeah, I would just say start small and then just be open to whatever comes around because you will have conversations. You will have people wanting to reach out and say, hey, me too. Like I'm doing the same thing too. Um, and find something that you're really passionate about. For me, I really... The first time I supported a Let Them Live mom and it was enough for her to choose to cancel her abortion appointment and then seeing the baby born nine months later was like, okay, there's no stopping me. I'm going to do this forever. 
So <laughs> find something that you're passionate about that you can relate to and catch on to and then just run with it. Absolutely. I, I think that's a great way to draw this to a close, Pilar, of, of allowing it to to be kind of placed out there and let, let the Lord um, see what, what he's going to do with it sort of thing, that, that you're not in mm-hmm. control of everyone that you're going to interact with. And and as you mentioned, you're going to lose some followers, but it, it's fascinating as well how for a lot of people, it plants a pebble in their shoe. And and even though I'm not incredibly active on social media with, with pro-life stuff, when I am, it's amazing how sometimes I'll lose a follower or a handful of followers. And then a couple yeah. months later, I see that they've started following me again. And, and for them, yeah. maybe it's just a matter of they just need to take some time to process what I had said and, and realize that I wasn't actually being incredibly callous, that this was uh, motivated by a deep desire to actually support people in quality ways and not just trying to fix problems with a very superficial way. And so I think that's a great, great way to draw this to a close. And thank you, ultimately. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. I, I know that you've got kids um, all around and and to take out a half hour of your time or, or 45 minutes um, now. Really, really appreciate it, Pilar. Thanks so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And for all you who are tuning in, one other thing that I'd like to mention as well, we mentioned this on Tuesday for those of you who tuned in and for those of you who haven't, you can check on our flagship program, which is posted every Tuesday, the Pro-Life Guys podcast. You can find it wherever you're listening to this right now, whether it's a a podcast catcher, whether it's YouTube or whether it's on our website, ProLifeGuys.com. Right now, we are in the middle of a recruitment drive for our online action team. Um, Very similar to what Pilar had mentioned with regards to um, live actions ambassador team. This is a team that gets a ton of training, ton of support and mentorship so that you're not alone in your pro-life outreach. If you're already commenting or if you want to be commenting and and engaging online posting stuff, please do reach out. There's going to be a link in the show notes for where you can learn more about joining CCBR's online action team or the Pro-Life Guys online action team, I suppose. And in conclusion, please do check on our website for more content, whether it's conversations online, whether it's conversations in person, check out our mainstream um, podcast, our flagship Pro-Life Guys. As I mentioned, check out more episodes of Humans of the Pro-Life Movement and as well our monthly episodes of The Pulse where we round up all of the abortion-related news that we can find and talk at it from a pro-life perspective. So thanks a ton for joining in and I hope that you tune in again next time.